housing to the aged action group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you are listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR, 855 AM. My name's Shane and I am... You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Recording uh, from our respective bedrooms with Fiona York (laughs) and uh, Pam. How are you both going? I'm going Good, well, thanks, Shane. Yeah. Um, Fiona, you were complaining so bitterly about the cold before we went to air, but now you're, just, you're going to let the listeners think that everything's going well. Well, so. you know. Yeah, I mean, I am still in a rural area because I went on holidays and then lockdown happened and I haven't been able to return to Melbourne. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I'm not complaining. Although we're in lockdown, I have a nice view, much better than my apartment in the city. It's nice and quiet, but it's freezing cold. And so I would like to be very close to the fire, but I'm not. So that's, that's my whinge at the moment. <laughs> Right. We should try and schedule a, a whinge per like one whinge an episode for at least for the rest of lockdown. I think uh, we've earned it. Um, so this week we're going to hear from, well, Fiona, do you want to talk about what we're going to hear this week? Yeah, sure. So we've got an interview with Dr. David Kelly, who um, is a member of the Safe Public Housing Collective, and he has been um, staunchly keeping an eye on what's going on in, on, in various public housing estates across Victoria. Um, so, yeah, it's very, I was quite shocked, actually. I thought um, I was across the latest, but I didn't realise exactly what was going on with some of those estates. So really interesting interview with David, I thought. Wow, what suspense. The listeners will be uh, gagging to hear what a uh, shocked uh, erstwhile <laughs> hag CEO, Fiona York. Uh, shall, we, <laughs> shall we launch into it? Yeah, we won't have to wait long. Um, We're joined today by Dr. David Kelly from the Save Public Housing Collective. How are you going today, David? Hi, Fiona. I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, not bad. Um, So regular listeners of the show might recall that that you were on a while ago talking about the big housing build um, and the, the government, the Victorian government's plans to invest a lot of money into community housing, but not so much into public housing. Um, and since then, there's been a bit more activity on, um, on this issue. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what the Save Public Housing Collective is focusing on at the moment. Yeah, sure. So um, we've been basically trying to keep an eye on the various different renewal projects that have been happening. Um, so over the years that we've been active, we've been assembling the different policies that the government has announced, um, which started in you know 2018 with Homes for Victorians. And lately we have the big housing build. So what we've been trying to do is map what the various renewal sites are around Victoria. And we've actually 
created a map called Public Housing Watch Victoria, which is an interactive mapping platform where we have listed all of the estates that are currently or have been renewed um, or where renewal is and demolition is scheduled for the near future. So that's our primary sort of thing that we've been doing lately, as well as trying to raise public awareness of the renewal program. And we've been doing that through various things such as a um, online petition, which is to prioritize public housing, um, because currently what we're seeing is a complete divestment from public housing and a reinvestment of those funds into the community housing sector. Um, and then we've been trying to help different um, estate-based groups perform their own organizing activities. So, for instance, at Ascot Vale, they have a group called the Save Ascot Vale Estate, and they've been working to try and draw wider awareness um, around the estate as to what's happening and what the likely outcomes of the demolition, renewal, and the right to return might be. So there are kind of core activities um, of late. And for listeners that aren't aware, would you be able to fill us in on exactly what the public housing renewal um, program is? Like there's a lot of talk from the government about, you know, um, I guess fixing up rundown estates and, and rundown public housing, but, but they're not really saying clearly that they're actually knocking it all over and replacing it um, with not just public housing. Is that correct? And, and, and is it nine estates or how many estates is it now? Well, Originally, back in 2017, the government announced that they were knocking down 11 estates. Mm. Um, and that was all around the inner city um, suburbs, such as Northcote, Preston, Brunswick. Um, and the idea behind that was that they would demolish the estate, free up the land for a public-private partnership between private developers and the community housing industry, and rebuild... Um, at a mix of public, uh, sorry, not public, private and social dwellings. So mm. generally the mix is around 70% private, 30% social. Um, and the reason why they've done that is um, primarily to try and exercise the, the value that's imbued within the land itself. So the government has all of these assets um, and they can't actually maximize the value of those assets unless they privatize them to some extent. Um, what we've seen is this renewal program in order to do specifically that sort of like unlock the hidden value in the land. Um, and as a result, we've had uh, 1200 dwellings demolished um, from those 11 estates. And we've had all them residents kind of moved around the city to various different estates or single dwellings um, or private rental. And then the idea is that within seven years, they'll return to those sites when they're rebuilt, but they'll be returning to community housing, not public housing. So there's a few kind of different moving parts within the renewal program. Um, and what happened with the big housing bill that got announced last year was that a lot of the sites that were in the renewal program and then some previously renewed sites or, or sites that were scheduled for renewal got enveloped into this big housing build. And then we've seen this announcement of more sites like in Richmond and uh, Paran and Collingwood where they're going to try and um, build more social and private dwellings on current public housing land. Um, so 
I think the flagship renewal program at the minute is the Big Housing Build because mm. what they've done is kind of assembled the different moving parts that has been a broad renewal agenda in Victoria for the last 10 years. So those new estates that have been added into the list, I guess, is, are they the subject of the new interactive map you were mentioning? Yeah, I mean, part of the, the, um, the puzzle that we're trying to unlock is are these just merely announcements of something that they want to do or are they sure things? Are they actually going to happen? So it's, let's say the Collingwood and the Paran sites, currently they're in um, consultation phase. So what, they've, what the government has said is that we're going to take land that's lying around the estates. Um, so basically either the open public space or the car parks that the residents currently use let's say, demolish the car park and rebuild social and private dwellings there um, to be managed by a private housing provider. And so we don't know if that's actually going to happen. It's in the consult consultation phase. So those sorts of sites we've left off for the minute. But mm. then we have sites such as Braybrook. Um, so the entire suburb of Braybrook is currently going to be renewed. Um, and Braybrook is significant because it's they're all single dwellings or semi-detached um, and it actually has the highest proportion of public housing among any suburb in Victoria so it's around 20 percent and although those numbers kind of fluctuate depending on who you ask but we know that that's going to happen even though it's just an announcement we know that they've already master planned it um, they've already got buy-in from all the partners they've started to move people out so Whilst the policies are kind of fluid and hard to pin down at times, um, we, we, we've tried our best to capture everything that's a sure thing on this map. Right. So how easy is it to find this information? How much digging do you have to do in order to work out exactly what's going on? It must be an, like an octopus trying to, get, trying to get your head around all these things. Um, sometimes it's really difficult. I mean... The Victorian Auditor General has said of the Office of Housing and DHHS that they don't keep very good records and that they're very non-transparent with the information that they provide to the public. Um, I myself have tried to do FOI requests to the state government and been basically um, rejected on terms because it's a commercial inconfidence because there's a private developer involved means that they can't kind of release any information. So it's hard to get some information and then other information it's really difficult to figure out what's real and what's spin so mm. let's say on the Flemington estate we've had 10 years of continual chipping away at the edges and redrawing of boundaries of how many dwellings here and how many dwellings here if we draw the line here so it's really kind of amorphous and hard to pin down um, and when we released a kind of analysis as to how many properties are going to be lost on the estate and how many are going to be replaced, we got a lot of hit back from Minister Wynne's office saying that we ourselves as the collective had misconstrued the numbers. So there's a lot of debate around the numbers. And that, that's why we're very skeptical about whether the, the public community uh, at large in Victoria is going to benefit from the 5.3 billion when after four years of the public housing renewal program, we currently have nothing currently under construction. So 
if we look at Northkid or North Melbourne, these are just flattened estates. All the residents have been moved on, but nothing has commenced in terms of a rebuild. Um, on Ascot Vale and Dunlop Ave, they, they, they've demolished the, um, the buildings and moved the residents on, but they actually haven't signed a contract with any private developer to rebuild them. So it's basically demolish now, worry about the effects later. And so we're not sure whether actually any of this is going to come to fruition or whether we're going to have any uplift in dwellings. Wow. I, I mean, that really re- seems like a, a, a very backwards <laughs> way to go about planning these things. You would think that you would want like something to do with the site before you knock down the old housing. Uh, am I missing something there? Um, you would think that that would be the way that they would do it. And you think that there would be uh, a lot more consultation with the community. But getting back to the point that the underlying uh, premise of all renewal programs in Victoria is to unlock the value of public land. If we understand that as the kind of driving force, then we understand that it actually doesn't matter to them whether or not they have a developer signed on or not, because they know they're going to extract the most out of a booming housing market the land value of these inner city estates is astronomical. So they know that they're going to get profit somewhere along the line or someone will get a profit, probably the private developer. If we look at other case studies such as Carlton and Kensington where the developers walked away with astronomical profit and we ended up with less social housing dwellings than we did from uh, from before demolition. David, I drove past the Dunlop Avenue one the other day because I had friends. I bought, I was brought up in um, Aberfeldy Housing Estate and I had friends that lived in there. So I thought, I'll just drive down there and have a curious look. And there's a huge hole in the ground mm-hmm. um, that goes for about three blocks with a big scaffolding and uh, fence around it. But it looks like it's been there forever and a day. Yeah, yeah. Um... Last year, uh, the beginning of last year, they knocked down the three-story walk-ups that were there. Yeah. Um, there was 80 dwellings there. They were all two-bedroom. They were all double brick. And yeah. they are all in fantastic condition. And now they're all gone. All the residents are gone. And it's sitting there. Well, well it was a great estate, uh, even yeah. back in the in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aesthetically, I think it, it's actually beautiful. Um, the buildings yeah. are all really nice looking. Um, exactly. And it's also, mm. If we like... Ascot Vale was um, was created because of the some uh, slum reclamations that occurred in the 50s and 60s. And we created these estates as a utopian thing. And we thought, mm. this is going to be a good way of living. And so, mm. and they mm. still are. Like, people who live there say, I like living here. Why would I want to move? Mm. Um, but again, the profit motive is kind of draw, um, is driving the demolition and displacement of a lot of these yeah. residents. Mm. Yeah, sad. And Pam, you also, was that, is that the, the same estate that you were talking about earlier when we were chatting off air? Yeah, that was the one I was talking about, the Dunlop Avenue one. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think you were talking about the. Um, oh, I was talking Markham. about the Ashburton one as well, the yeah. Markham, Markham estate as well. Yeah, because that, that is a beautiful area as well. Hmm. And, yeah. um, and a huge area, you know, but um, all private housing there, they, where, where they pulled them all down years ago, uh, before 2016, there's all these lovely two-storey houses there, but yeah. all the, uh, all the uh, public housing estate is still a vacant lot. Yeah, yeah. Markham, Markham was a beautiful estate. It was built in 1955 and then it was demolished in 2016. Um, It was really kind of low intensity estate as well. It's only 56 public dwellings um, and 
by all accounts, people who lived there liked living there, but they knocked them all down. And since 2016, it's just been sitting empty. So mm-hmm. we could have had, in the middle of a housing crisis, 56 dwellings more than what we currently have now, but instead we don't. Yeah, yeah. I was actually talking to a lady um, who was on the housing um, at um, Monash, uh, Monash Council and I said to her, what are you doing about the public housing in your area? And they had formed with other, with seven other councils because they said they're too small on their own to do anything. But with other councils, they, they decided that with a bigger backing that they might be able to do something. But that was two years ago before lock, before COVID. And I've lost sort of contact and trail what they're actually doing at the moment. I don't think anything. Yeah. 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 Um- The council issue is a really interesting one because one thing that people have neglected to pay attention to with the big housing build is that a lot of the planning authority that was currently afforded to local councils has been taken away from them. So what Mm. they've done is fast-tracked all of the planning and development applications through the state government so that there is basically no room for dissent, no room for Mm. maximising different outcomes. And it's basically a kind of one-size-fits-all driven by the state government to the profit of private Mm. developers, basically. Um, Mm. So, yeah, it's concerning that this is sort of happening in our planning framework where local Mm. governments have no say whatsoever. So, David, I was surprised. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Pam. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to ask you a little bit about the, you said that the the website is um, an interactive website. Are you asking the public to keep an eye on these on these developments as well? Or what can listeners do if they're concerned about what's happening in their local area with the public housing estates? Yeah, we definitely are asking for participation from the general public. So um, we have behind the website sits an online form where people can manage um, basically scrutiny of different estates and what sort of state they're in so if they're kind of being run down um so in the case of carlton and other estates we have maintenance issues if we have those sorts of narratives we can plug them in and we can see which estates around melbourne and victoria are currently under threat because of disinvestment um, mm. and then estates that have kind of been demolished sitting idle or whether it's been demolished demol- demolition threatened Um, we're asking the public to basically take on the role of keeping an eye on these areas and being able to update the map regularly with with current and up-to-date information. So they can get in contact with us directly for that. It's such a great initiative, David. It's so good that someone's doing this and keeping an eye on on what's happening on the ground and also um, trying to activate the local tenants groups because it must be devastating for people to be moved out into a private rental and then see their housing demolished and nothing rebuilt. Mm. Yes, yeah. And one of the real tragedies with the state of public housing in Victoria especially is the lack of tenant representation. So groups like HAG are kind of unique in the sense that you're representing tenants' voices. But on estates, there are very few tenants groups still in existence. And what we're trying to do is hopefully we think that this map might be a tool that can galvanize some tenant groups in order to keep an eye on what's going on in their estate. Mm. So yeah, this kind of one of the outcomes that we're hoping for. That's, that's fantastic. I went into your site the other, 
I went into the site the other day and it's very easy to get into and very easy to sign your petition and go all around your map and everything. So congratulations. Great. Thanks to you. Good to hear. Thank you. So do you want to quickly give out the UR, the website address so people can jump online and have a look? Yeah, sure. It's simply map.savepublichousing.com. Excellent. Um, so was there anything uh, else? We'll have that. We'll have the, sorry. I was just going to say we'll, we'll have the address in the show notes on the 3CR website if anyone wants to check them. Great. And is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about, David, in terms of what, what's next for, for the organisation? Um, what's next for the organization and we're we're um, impacted by lockdown as everyone is but I think what one one thing people can do is really start to perform their own outreach within their communities so we had great galvanization around Flemington and North Melbourne when the locked the hard lockdown of those towers happened and I think more of that spirit is what's needed in order to combat the displacement of vulnerable people within our community so really what we're trying to do now is implore people to take it upon themselves to reach out to their communities galvanize their communities and help keep an eye on people who are at risk of being displaced or who are living in bad circumstances and need sort of advocacy so we'll continue to do that advocacy and we'll continue to help people who want to do that advocacy so if you're keen then get in, get in touch with us and we'll we'll see um, how we can move this forward thank you so much for your time david and um and all the best with with the campaign and with the website it's it's really great to see so thank you no worries thanks so much for having me Tune in to Uprise Radio every first and third Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR. With Jackson and James, we're bringing you the in-depth analysis of what's happening in the world all in just 30 minutes. You can listen live to air or you can find us on demand. 3cr.org.au. Stay tuned. City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City, City Limits. There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855am. Keep in touch. 3cr.org.au
you're still listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 8.55am 3CR. My name is Shane and I'm here with Fiona and Pam. Uh, we want to try something a little bit different because, of course, many of us have been pretty pressed by the current situation here in Melbourne, the lockdown, all kinds of things that go along with it. So we're going to finish up just by telling you uh, one thing that we've been enjoying or one of the things that's, you know, giving us a little pleasure, keeping keeping things a little positive for us, helping us get through. Uh, Fiona, what's helping you get through right now? I really enjoyed the Melbourne International Film Festival, which ended this week um, because there was a lot of free um, short films available to watch and lots of them were filmed and made in Melbourne and some of them were really great. There was a really good one about the hard lockdown of the Flemington High Rise, which I really enjoyed um, and there was a whole lot of other shorts, Melbourne shorts that I thought were fantastic. So that's what got me through the last week or so was watching some free local films. Oh, that's great. I didn't realise some of them were free. I wish I'd known that yesterday. But never mind. Thanks, Fiona. Pam, what's getting you through? Well, my, my granddaughter, even though I can't see her at the moment, um, she's doing uh, her year 12 and her and I have been collating, researching and putting together a book about her and her father's uh, trips to India. And um, it's been really, really exciting and really, really interesting. And I've loved doing it. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That sounds fantastic. Um, one thing that's been getting me through is some fantastic political news that came through last week. Uh, obviously, there hasn't been a whole lot of that lately. But we heard last week that the Victorian government is going to decriminalise sex work. And I think that's amazing good news after a very long and hard fought campaign by uh, sex workers and sex work activists. So really exciting uh, a great decision by the Andrews government in a time of, well, perhaps some not so great decisions from the Andrews government. Can we mention quickly, sorry, this was supposed to be a positive ending, but the Andrews government, while we're talking about things they've done or should do, we need the eviction moratorium back. We're, in, mm. we're deep yes. into a lockdown. People are losing their income exactly like last year. We don't have job seeker supplement. We don't have the job keeper like we had last year. Um, you know, we're seeing obviously terribly misguided and, and horribly right-wing manipulated, you know, crowds of people protesting in the CBD. But of course, people are going to protest when they can't feed themselves, uh, when, you know, people are really struggling to survive and not getting the government support that they need. Um, and it's so happening... It's happening a lot, Shane, because I drive around the Burundara, the Stonington and the Yarra area, and there's people's whole household on the footpath. Yeah, right. I mean, it's terrible to see. So, yeah, urgently needed. There was a return of the eviction moratorium uh, that protected renters last year. Um, we are just about out of time now. So quickly, some contact information if you want to get in touch. Um, if you'd like to talk more to someone at HAG about some of our political activities around public housing, or if you're an older Victorian who needs some uh, assistance with a, a housing situation of your own, uh, you can give us a call on... Uh, Fiona, do you know the number? Just kidding. I know Fiona doesn't know our phone number. It is one three hundred one three hundred seven six five one seven eight. Again, that's one three hundred seven six five one seven eight. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, or you can check out our website oldertenants.org.au. That is everything for this week's show. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, and or well, not not quite in two weeks. So maybe it is two weeks. 
Look how garbled I've made this outro. We'll be back on the <laughs> second and fourth Wednesday of every month. Uh, Fiona, are we going to finish with a song? We are. We're going to finish with a song by BB King. Um, and I haven't decided which one, but when I do, you'll hear it. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. I love that one. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye.